Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sabinski. It is January 9th, 2022. Hard to believe, but we're already there. Um, I had a great Shabbat. I'd like to share with you something very interesting that happened, unplanned. All my children were home. Very unusual. That doesn't happen. And, and I wasn't ready and I wasn't expecting it. And what I do is every Thursday... I send out a what's up to my family. We have a group and I say, who's coming home for Shabbat? And I see who answers. And two of the kids answered. Um, but in the end, they all came home. And it was so like, I don't want to say magical, but it, it really was. I mean, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. I have these teenagers who speak and joke, and and they have their own little gang, and they're all together, and I just sit back and watch at the at the Shabbat table, and they just speak among themselves, and they're joking each other and insulting each other, and they have their own private references, and their own culture, and I'm an outsider. My husband's an outsider. I try to keep up, but I really can't. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. I just love to watch the interaction um, among them. They're all different ages. The youngest is 12. The oldest is 20. I think actually he's 21 now. And they're just uh, just going on. And, you know, like I said, and most of it is insults. But they're so, um, they're so at ease and they're so comfortable together. And, you know, we go around the table and, and we say something good that happened during the week. And they're just so different, you know, from what I consider a good thing and from what my husband considers a good thing. And they're, and what they, you know, my, my son launched um, many, many rockets, he, he told us. And he, he was first, he got a bullseye in his shooting. And, you know, it's, I look at, what do you say? You know, how can you follow something like that? It's, it's very hard. Their, their lives are different. Their memories are going to be different. And that's what moving to Israel is all about. It's creating a new generation, a new strong Jew. And um, it's great. It's great. We'll be right back. How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom, I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. We're back here at Returning Home. Uh, Natalie Sapinski, uh, we're having a little bit of 
internet problems here. We're going to try to get her back on as soon as we can. You're listening to Tamar Yona filling in for her while we try to get her back. And her guest today is Avraham Venismach. He's a resident of Israel's northern communities. He's going to tell us exactly where he's from. And he has a very interesting job, which we'll also talk about a little bit later. Uh, Avram Venismach, shalom. Hey, shalom. Welcome. Or I should welcome myself. Welcome myself. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) you actually hail from, well, at least before you made Aliyah, California. You were a surfer in California. Today, you're living up north in Israel. Tell us, tell our listeners a bit about yourself, and then after that, why you decided to make Aliyah. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I live right now in Katsreen. It's a, the capital, quote-unquote, quote capital of the Golan. And uh, I just moved here a couple weeks ago. I was living in a little village of about 150 families uh, called Keshet, which is a beautiful, wonderful place. Um, and I just, I'll, you know, the bottom line, I can just tell the people out there that are considering making Aliyah is, you know, it's kind of like this. It's just very simply, uh, you know, it's how you kind of think about whether I'm going to do it, not going to do it. And then when you finally do it, you're like, wow, why didn't I just do it? Why didn't I do it a long time ago? It's that cool. Okay. Keep going. Oh, you want to keep going? Okay. So uh, let me just tell you kind of what happened to me in this Aliyah thing is I started when I was 17 years old. I was sitting on a park bench, and I, was, I didn't have any connection you know, other than I was Jewish and knew I was Jewish, but I was living in a completely regular American neighborhood that didn't have very many Jewish friends. And uh, I don't know why I was having these thoughts, but when you're 17 years old, you have all kinds of thoughts, and you're sort of daydreaming. It was in the evening. And uh, I was sitting on a park bench across from my house and just enjoying the summer sky, looking at the stars and wondering about life as a young person would do. And some thought popped in my head about the Jewish people and how every generation there's some catastrophe that happened to us as a nation. I mean, it just, it just devastates our people. And I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, history repeats itself. And I thought, well, it's America. I said, it's going to happen in America. And, he, and then I thought, you know what, though? But all those other times, they, they, they didn't have anywhere to go. We just went to the next place. And I said, but now we have Israel. I said, this, this is different. I said, I think this is it. This is, the, this is finished. So I thought, you know what? I got to go check Israel out. Now, why I'm saying this, what, you know, with no connection, no idea, but I had this idea. There wasn't any programs you can go on like today with birthright and all these things. It's just, I thought, well, I'll go check it out. And then you know what that meant. And I looked into it and I found there was volunteering. Even what year was this off from? This was in 1978. Wow. And, okay. uh, <laughs> so I you know, heard about volunteering and I checked into it and, so I packed my bags and flew out. And I remember, <laughs> you know, this is before the you know internet and all these things were you know making a you know we used to write letters and stuff. You remember that, Tamar? I do. Yeah, I used to write. Remember postcards? I remember so, postcards. I remember it taking two weeks to get from Israel to the United States as well. Yeah, <laughs> or making a phone call like you know it was like right. cost you an arm and a leg, right? So <laughs> it was a big treat. So. Uh, 
Anyway, you know, I came out and to Israel, and boy, it was it was the scariest thing. I mean, when I got here, I just wanted to turn around and go go back to the state. I was like, just you know, one of those planes for shock. hours, and then I finally get here, and I'm like, oh man, what did I do? It was scary over here. People were with guns, and this thing. just whoa. This a, and uh, I, I was funny thing. I started writing a letter to my mom, telling her I'm coming back. <laughs> I don't know Hello, fodder. Hello, fodder. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, I figured I just need a night's sleep. I'll, I'll get back on the plane <laughs> in the morning. So I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling better. And I said, "Well, let me go to the address they gave us in Tel Aviv." I'm thinking, you know, let me just go. I feel better now. I'm okay. I get there, and you know, the guy assigns me to a place up north in the, a, a kibbutz called Matsuva. It's just uh, up by. Um, uh, Naharia in a northern town, beautiful beach town. So uh, I hop on the bus and I'm starting to now to look at Israel and just as I'm going through and I'm like, wow, what a beautiful place. And I'm just falling in love with Israel as I'm traveling on this bus to Matsuva to this kibbutz. And I get them, you know, get there and I find out when I get there that they, that uh, I could go to another place where I could learn Hebrew and I could work. And I thought, well, that sounds fun. So I signed up for that and got accepted. And I ended up in a in a uh, another kibbutz in uh, the middle of Israel uh, called uh, the Vrad by Afula. And I just had the most amazing experience meeting people. And I met my best friend of life. And we decided that we're going to make we're going to stay in Israel. We're going to we're going to make Aliyah. Then I'm 18. And I uh, says, well, I'm going to go back, get my stuff together, and I'll, I'll uh, come back. So when I got back to the States, getting my, trying to get my stuff together, the, uh, there's a tragedy happened over at the kibbutz. My, my friend took over my job that I did, which was, it was he was on the roof of, of the cow barn, and he's doing all kinds of yard work, kinds of yard, yard work. And and he fell through the roof of the cow barn and broke his back and became paralyzed. So that kind of put our trip on hold, you know, all on hold. <laughs> and I ended up just from that, I just never made it back. And I ended up just 25 years later, uh, completely forgot my dream. And uh, 25 years later, and now I'm more into the Jewish life, and I, uh, they call it Choser B'Tshuva, means that uh, it's kind of like the born-again Jew thing. So I, I got into my Jewish heritage, and but I didn't think about really making Aliyah. I was so sucked up into life in the States. It's fine. I was enjoying myself there. Uh, and I get a wedding invitation from a friend who's in Israel. and says, come to my wedding. I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll go. So I... I fly out, and the moment I land in Israel, all of a sudden, like a flashback, I remembered my dream. I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I am going to make Aliyah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it here. I'm going to somehow do this. And, <clears throat> you know, I had a, I was very, you know, like most of you people out there, I'm sure, that are considering it, thinking, well, how am I going to do this? I've got a, I have a job. I've got a family business. And, I was 40, yeah, about 40 years, 30-something, wow. my late 30s, I think it was. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do that. You know, it's, 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 
I don't speak Hebrew, and uh, all my work and everything's right here, my house, my home, my family, everything. I don't know. I don't. But I thought to myself, you know what? Somehow, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. So what I did was I just started taking little steps towards it. One of the things I called the Nefesh Benefesh office, and I signed up over there, and I just did little things. I just didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I wanted to do it, and I and I just kept moving forward. And I said, every year I'll, I'll just go to Israel for vacation. If I'm going to do a vacation, I said, I'll go to Israel so I can keep my dream alive. And I remember, you know, one day, I, I, there's a song that says, L'Shana Habab Yerushalayim. I hear the song, and, it's, and they usually say that at, at Passover, at the uh, second night of the Passover dinner. And you say, next year in Jerusalem. I, and we said it, and I thought to myself, you know what? This is this is a problem. Every time I'm hearing next year in Jerusalem, and we're still here, I said, you know what? I, I got to change that. I said, it's this year in Jerusalem. And I kept saying this year in Jerusalem. And my friends are going, no, you don't understand the meaning of the words, and it's supposed to be this time next year. You know, we'll be. I said, yeah, but we've been saying this, and we never get there. I said, I don't want to go this time next year. I want to. I want to go now. And I, when I, as soon as I changed the song, everything turned around, and all of a sudden, the doors were opening for me to be able to make it. And I was able to make Aliyah, and I and I got here. With my, I was that time I was married with with one child, and I was forty five years old. I remember going to my dad, telling him, "Hey, Dad, I, I got to go," and he's like, "What?" He said, this is a shock, you know, the family business, and I'm going to go. And I, I said, look, I have to do this. It's something I have to do. So my father, you know, blessed memory, he's very supportive. He's okay. And, uh, you know, I ended up in a, uh, we ended up in a, in what's called the Mirkaz Klita, which is an absorption center. And they don't have those now for the Americans, but well, I wish they did because it was such a wonderful experience to be able to be, part of this this uh, global community of Jews coming in from all over the world and and I remember being in in the in the uh, synagogue there and we'd show up and, and and what love we had for each other no one could understand the other person but this respect and love we had for, for each other spoke for itself um you, so know, you really like found your heart here. You felt like you belonged, not just to the land, but to the people. It sounds like everything, even the land, everything, just everything, just spoke to me. And you know, it was. I can tell you, those people out there, it wasn't easy. It was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. I mean, we did end up running out of money, and we had no food, and you know, it was really very, very got to a very. Very, you know, but the, the one thing I, in my mind, was there was no idea ever of turning back. Okay, you know, hold it right I, there, Avram. The music's on. We got to take a break, and we do have Natalie back with us for the next segment. We're going to be right back, everybody. Great. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sikinski. We're continuing our interview with Avram Venismach, but I missed the first part. So all of you got to hear him, and I did not. But that's okay. That's okay. Avram, continue. I got the very, very end when you were talking about the absorption centers and how... Yeah, um, well, well, I got to the part where, you know, it's it's not always so easy to make Aliyah, and, you know, we we suffered you know uh but the point was is that there was there was never any idea of ever turning back this is not this is not how you do it you make your decision you don't you don't have a backup plan i have even heard there's a you know, uh, natalie you probably heard burn the boats have you heard that no no what is that okay so there's an idea where you just burn the boats you know go take the island right that face to burn the boats so um, that's what I did. So I burned you, the boat. There was, there was so no turning back. That's what you mean. No turning so back. It was leave. like, okay. I, 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 in my mind, the only place that I could succeed in life is here in Eretz Israel. I believe that. I believe that to this day, I will do better here than anywhere else. In the world. And I was prepared to, 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 to whatever came my way. I mean, we've been through the Lebanon war. We've been through all these different things and thank God, you know, uh, we just stayed determined that we're there's no option other than to succeed, and and uh, there were times we didn't really have any food and things, and I would pray in the night for 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 God. I give my list, I give my shopping list, and you know, it wasn't one of the, I tell God, look, God, this is not one of those prayers, you know, where you two years from now you answer. I saw this one I need like answered like in the morning, you know, I'd be begging. And every day, Hashem, God would, would provide with me something to make some money or do something uh, and, uh, and give me more than I needed and just kept pushing forward and pushing forward. And, okay, that's uh, a very... You know, um... which, which landed me this amazing job that I will talk about in a moment here is uh, there's this, I work and I still have the job to this day. I helped to put it together is there is a program of young men who want to come to Israel to join the IDF after high school. There's this whole like uh, gap year programs that they have here. The young people come. Well, these boys don't want to do a gap year. They want to go and serve the Jewish nation in the best way possible. They're not here to take. They're here to give. And they are amazing young men that come in. And we have a, it's a, called the Machina. It's a pre-military academy. And where the Israeli boys, what they do is they take a year off before the army and they, they don't feel quite ready to go to the army yet and they need some time to prepare. So they go to these academies. I think there's around 35 or 36 of these academies in the, in Israel now. This one I am a part of is called Keshet, Keshet Yehuda, and they're the second one after Eli to, to come up. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is that they wanted they understood that this idea of these boys are coming so they created an integration program because it is an israeli program 
for the boy that were for Israeli boys, but we have a special program that we integrate boys coming from overseas, and we teach them Hebrew, and we we uh, help them prepare for the IDF. So by the time they get to the IDF, they are ready. They're Israeli, and they do a fantastic job in the IDF. They uh, they they make it into even awarded best soldiers. So they even they make it into elite combat units. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And they do Good. even better Good. than their Israeli brothers, as I mentioned. Good. But, but that job is what saved me, and it was the job that, that I have to this day. I also do other types of work and things like that, because in Israel you need to reinvent yourself. Uh, and I just can't, all I can tell you is I don't know how I can thank God enough for allowing me to live in his land and... and to to be here, I can't. I just can't express the joy and happiness of being able to live in this land, and to be to have such the homes that he's blessed me with, uh, and and the blessings he continues to bless us with here in this land. There's no there's no greater place for the Jewish people to live and to succeed, and Israel, I believe, is the only place that that I can succeed. I cannot succeed anywhere else. I don't want to succeed anywhere else. And I believe that if you're thinking about Aliyah yourself, just don't think it's going to be an easy road. Come prepared to stay and fight it out. And you will see, you will see the blessings will come from that. I guarantee you, you will see the blessings that will come from that. I'm sure uh, you also, uh, have seen these blessings, right? Sure, sure. And, and you see them more when you suffer. Um, we've all had trouble. You, you said a few interesting things I want to comment on. You said when you're here, you, ne- you need to reinvent yourself. Now, that's scary to a lot of people, people in their, in their 40s, you know, middle age. Some of these people don't want to reinvent themselves. They like who they are. They like what they've built. Um, now, I, I don't think that everyone needs to reinvent themselves today. There are communities with um, lots of English speakers, and there are people who've come here, and they, they continue doing the same job, the same parnasa they had in their home country. And that's great. You know, it's great for, for people who are able to do that, accountants, doctors, lawyers, um, people who now you can do these things over the Internet, okay? Um, now it's so normal. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you're sitting. So it's not like it once was that reinventing yourself that many of us had to do isn't as crucial today. So don't well, let you know, that maybe, scare maybe you. Maybe reinventing I know. ourselves isn't really the isn't a, the word I think I would rather use this word. We are reclaiming ourselves because this is who we really are. We're really the people of the land. When we take a look at, for example, this week's Torah portion, which we, the Jewish people read every year, uh, every week. We have to take a portion of, of the Bible, of the Torah, and, and we read it. And this, is, this whole part is now God is wanting to bring us here to this land. And what just keeps amazing me, and I'm so grateful, is that we are the people of God's, of, of, the, of what God's will, what he wanted to do, and the fruition of, of his plan we are the people living in this land that he wanted to give us. 
the land, as he says, flowing with milk and honey. He just wanted to give us this blessing. And we, I don't know how it happened, but you and, and Tamar and all the people, Jews living here in Israel, we are those people that God intended to live here. Well, we want to be those people. And, and, and it really has to be a want. Um, I like what you said, burn the boats. But you, you say that meaning no choice. You're here to stay whether you like it or not. And, and well, I really it's, think it's not that your you attitude like it or not. Is, I wouldn't say you like at, it or not. But your attitude, your attitude is ninety nine percent going to determine your well, success. Well, yes. It's, what, what it is, it's like this: is that there, there, you have to believe. It's a simple matter of belief. You have to believe with your heart and soul that this, this is this is what you need to be doing, and no matter what, you believe you will succeed. And that's it. There is nothing, there's no other idea in your mind other than you will succeed, no matter how bad it gets or how much it hurts or whatever it is, <laughs> is that you know you will, you believe it, you will succeed. And it is, that's what happens because there, there's right. actually, the, uh, we're guaranteed this. It says in, in the Bible is that God opens his hands and satisfies the, the desire of every living being. And the key word in there, Rabbi Nachman Abuzov says, is that the key word is the, is the will and the desire. So it's not be careful for which, what you wish for, you might get it. Be careful for what you wish for, because you will get it. And when you are determined and God sees in your heart your will and your will is that strong, you will succeed. He will open his hand and desire that for you in ways you will not even imagine. I cannot even begin to describe to you people out there the, the blessings that God has bestowed on our family here. I cannot, I, I cannot, I can't even begin to describe it. And I'm sure it the same for you, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how I actually started talking on uh, my introduction. Uh, you see these kids who, who are so strong they're such strong Jews and they're so mature and they're so independent and they're everything I was hoping they would be and I didn't do anything this isn't from me it happened from Israel it happened from the community it happened from the land they absorb it like sponges and I just sat back and watched and let it happen well I'm, I don't think that's true I'm sure you're a fine example for them to look oh, at very and nice you're, you're, very and nice. you're the anchor that they see you know um, and your commitment that you have to the to to the people the Jewish people and to the land of Israel and to to the Torah and to Hashem this is uh, you're you're like the the light that they they are are absorbing from you know you're like the sun and they're like the moon and now they're becoming their the the sun for them you know where they'll be shining their own lights okay i guess so i okay maybe i played a little part there but a very little part i i do uh. Um, they, they, they are out there in the world, in the Israeli, in Israeli society, developing as humans, you know, as adults on their own and taking maybe some stuff from me, but mostly, you know, making well, decisions. Well, I'm sure your and, husband too. And, you yeah, know. yeah, making decisions. And, and, it's, yep. and it's just amazing for me to see that, you know, these, they're not little babies anymore. They're, they're adults and make their no. own decisions. They go out there. They, they interact. I love it. I love it. It's very well, exciting. I, let me see. ask you a question here. 
We're out of time. I wish I, I wish I could let you. We're totally out of time. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. We'll have you back and give you more time because I know you have a lot to share with our audience. They need to be inspired. There are so many people hesitant to come, but after listening to you, I don't think they're going to hesitate anymore. So thank you so much, Avram. Pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Joining us for this last segment is a woman who lives in Kochak She moved to Israel in 2004 as a child with her family. She was 13 at the time, one of nine children. And she comes from California, North Hollywood, and they came to Ramat Beit Shemesh, which back then in 2004 was probably a lot different than it is today. Um, she'll tell us all about her. Her name is Hannah Zayden. I don't know her maiden name. She can keep that to herself if she wants. Welcome, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. My maiden um, last name is Hemley. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, what would you like to know? I would like to know what it was like back then being 13 years old, a family of nine, moving to Israel. And what Kohav, um, or what Ramat Beit Shemesh was like back then? I know today is very built up. So it was really difficult, to be very honest, making Aliyah at the age of 13, almost 14. Um, all of my friends I had over there in California, um, I just heard of Israel, and I didn't really know much Hebrew, and I thought people lived in tents. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize people actually lived in houses in Israel. And um, I did learn Hebrew little by little. Ramapi Chemish um, at that time was a lot smaller and not as built up. And my parents moved there for a little bit. And um, sorry, you're hearing my. Oh, I hear a little baby. Tell us about tell us about your life now. That was when you were 13. You've since married. <laughs> sorry about that. So my baby is um, 10 weeks old, and it's a miracle that he made it through the pregnancy. Um, at week 14, I had a partial placental abruption a week after I took the second COVID shot. And I don't, I'm, I'm scared of taking more of these um, COVID shots now with every single new variant. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand. But, but just me personally. And um, I think it's an absolute miracle that I survived that. I went, I had four Hatella people come that night, and they took me to Hadassah Hartofin. I was there overnight, and I had to be on um, bed rest um, for most of my pregnancy. 
And a few other times um, during the pregnancy, I had a little bit of bleeding. My previous pregnancy, I had no problems whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And at that time, um, there weren't any COVID shots. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, we, all, we all have seen in the news that these the shots are not exactly, you know, you know they're, they're causing problems. They are causing problems. Um, they're not, uh, they're very scary, very scary. Uh, well, Baruch Hashem, you got through it, and your baby did too. Um, There's a, a happy ending. Yeah, thank God. Uh, and yeah. So, yeah. yeah, my parents lived in Ramapi Chemesh for, uh, for a few years, and then the Rav there recommended that my parents move to Rafovo, which they did, because um, a lot of the family were, at the time, teenagers. And Rafovo oh, had more um, to offer for teenagers um, than Ramapi Chemish at the time. And my parents have been living in Rehobo ever since. And, yeah. Okay, very nice. So that's a big difference. Um, Rehobo is a developed city, a very old city, a very established city. Um, apartments, you know, I, I, I know it's, um, it's different. But okay, Yofi. So let me ask you this. Um, I also remember we were talking earlier, all of you listening, I'll just share with you some of our conversation earlier. And um, Hannah told me that she was told uh, at the people helping the Aliyah at the time, I think it was probably, uh, what's it called, Nefesh Benefesh, I guess, had said, don't go with teenagers. It's difficult, Aliyah, with teenagers. We recommend you don't go. Now, we heard the same thing. I heard the same thing. I, had, I came here with a two and three-year-old, so I didn't have teenagers, but I do remember I remember them um, telling us that, and you, you know, I guess went against the odds and succeeded. I also know other families who came with teenagers, and I tell all my audiences, it doesn't matter. Happy mommy, happy baby, you know, happy mommy, happy kid. It really doesn't matter. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you were telling me that you had some, some difficulties with your classmates, and you probably have a different kind of adjustment when you're a teenager than when you're a little kid. You have to deal with school, um, all these other things. Can you tell me what it was like with your siblings? You're, you're one of nine. What was um, one of some of the things you could tell us? So when we met Alia, my sister in America, she's in um, the um, highest, like she was in the best program, um, and she's very, very smart and. Then when we met Aliyah, um, no schools wanted to accept her. And she was doing seminary at the age of 16 and homeschool, which was extremely difficult. And then the year after, there was one school which was closed down um, that accepted her. And academically-wise, they weren't um, the best. But she worked extremely hard, and she is now um, a certified nurse these days. And um, she also did the best in her class um, and in school. And my brother was sent to yeshiva when he was meant to be in 12th grade. And he found it to be extremely hard. And then he went back to America and he did 12th grade over there. And then he graduated and joined the army the Israeli army, and he served in two wars, um, and he was the captain in the army. And 
Um, okay. It wasn't I, I easy understand. at all. It, 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 it can't, I, 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 here's what I'm taking from what you're telling me. Um, if you're academically um, driven, I guess, or you're an academic and you come here, there's a difference. There's a difference um, in the level of school here. Oh, I, I, um, so academic um, level differences um, here in Israel than in America? Yeah. Is that, is that what you're asking? Is there are yeah, differences? I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm saying that's what it sounds like. You're not the first person to tell me that. Yeah. And you, you it know, was, if, it if, was a, uh, a lot different. <laughs> I was um, quite surprised that uh, schools here in Israel you end at one thirty, and if you ended at two thirty, people would be complaining. When in America, you would end school at four thirty, and sometimes at five, and you would still have homework. Yeah, yeah. Um, very different. That's here. the kind very of different. regimen I was um, used to, and I was quite shocked, to be very honest, that people were not as um, focused on their studies as um, the school that I was at in California. I was at Torres MS in California, and my sister was in Valley Torah. And... Okay, so you experienced one place here. It was Ramat Beit Shemesh, which I guess you were recommended to go. We were also told to go to Beit Shemesh. Um, I wonder if, you know, academic-wise, the more Merkaz type of schools, Israeli, Herzliya, Tel Aviv, they are more academic. And it's just that because you were Olim, Olim, <laughs> listen to me, it was like this big divide. And I think that has changed. I think that gap has closed for the most part. You have all of Gush Etzion, all of Beit Shemesh, Ramat Beit Shemesh, where lots and lots of Olim, from English-speaking countries have been coming for the past 20 years. And I think today it, it, it isn't such a different... Um, I mean, you're the first person I've had on the program who said this to me, and you came in 2004. So I think maybe it is different today, but I can sympathize with you because I, I can imagine all your identity was tied up in your academic career. And you come here and they just, like, kick you to the curb, you know? It must have been very hard. Um, when I when I first got here, and I was um, I was sorry, I forgot to mention this. I wasn't out of school in Ramapi Termish. I was going um, to a school in Jerusalem. So the girls, they also were very unwelcoming, and they told me to go back to America. They don't want people like me. So mm-hmm. I used to cry every single day. I would cry, and then I would eat chocolate and eat ice cream. Uh, I learned that chocolate is such a delicious ice cream to eat. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and, um, and then I learned to speak up for myself. And I said to, to them, and this got them to shut up. Um, I said to them, I didn't come to Israel to meet people like you. And that got them to shut up. <laughs> good for you. All right. It's, um, it, yeah, it, it, there, there are different aspects of Israel that are hard. And, uh, you know, one yeah, of my kids was but overall, up. I'm very happy that my family made Aliyah. I wouldn't say it's the best time to make Aliyah when your kids are teenagers. But if you do do it, they hopefully should have a lot more preparation um, and ha- have been to Israel at least once or twice before coming and not thinking that everyone lives in tents. 
Um, <laughs> I met I met my husband um, here in Israel, and we have two kids. Thank God. Beautiful. And um, I don't know if I would have met him if I lived in California still. Um, That's right. Well, you were meant to meet him. You were meant to be here. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's so nice. And, you know, best of luck to you. And it's really a heart. It's like a bittersweet story to hear that. You know, I feel I feel so bad for you, but you came out okay. Probably all the stronger for it. And hopefully, you know, it won't be like, I mean, and you just went through a very difficult pregnancy. We're no, out don't, of don't feel bad for me. I think that there I don't, are I don't, nice I don't, I don't. Not I don't. people I, I, everywhere. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, no, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too, Mark. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.